a great praise right where you are. If you serve a great God, give him a great praise. And I can just kind of feel in my spirit that some of y'all got real cute and you started clapping your hands. And I said, if you serve a great God, give him a great praise. So that means open up your mouth and just begin to tell God how good he is. Just begin to tell him how much you love him. Just begin to tell him how much you adore him. Just give him great praise. The Bible calls it fruit of your lips. Give him the fruit of your lips. If you serve a great God, give him a great praise. God, we thank you because you are a great God. You are a name above all names. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, there is a word from the Lord today. There is a word from the Lord today. Uh, I want to direct your attention to the Gospel of St. Luke, St. Luke chapter 17. St. Luke chapter 17. I want you to go down to verse 11 for me. St. Luke chapter 17, verse 11. Your Bible should, should read this way or something similar. It should say, now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them praising God in a loud voice. I'm sorry, one of them when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. We're going to pray, and after we pray, I want to talk to you from this thought. A simple thank you. A simple thank you. Heavenly Father, uh, we come to you one more time asking that you would give us what we need to maximize in this moment. Now, we would ask you to come, but we recognize that you are already here. So while you're here, we just ask that you would reveal to us what needs to be revealed, confirming us what, what needs to be confirmed, and set us on the path that you have set for us. God, I just ask that you would give me the words to say, that you would give me the strength to speak them. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say, amen. A simple thank you. As I stated before, this is the first Sunday in November of 2020, and 
Uh, we've we've crept into the Thanksgiving season. Uh, so while we're still in our series, Make Room, uh, I believe that it's important that at least on Sundays we can uh, have a, a, a simple discussion uh, about the importance of making room for a thank you. I mean, I mean, something so simple, just just two simple words, two simple words that could mean the world. That can mean the difference between victory and defeat. That can mean the difference between life and death. Just two simple words, just a simple thank you. Now, I'm going to give you this. Uh, I'm going to warn you. Uh, that if you came uh, to shout, holler, snot, and cry, this is probably not the week for you, okay? Uh, I, I, I mean, God can do whatever he wants to do, but I, I doubt very seriously this will be one of those types of messages, okay? Uh, but if you, if, if, if you came to hear uh, a real and relevant word from the Lord, uh, a word that will... Uh, convict and correct, uh, then I believe you're in the right place. All right. I also let me let me also put out this. If if you planning on clicking off because this ain't a shouting, screaming, snot and crying sermon, uh, we need to work on your spiritual maturity because every sermon ain't designed for that. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, sometimes we need a word that will uh, challenge our thoughts. Uh, challenge our heart and correct our way of life. All right. All right. Rock with me for just a little bit. Uh, we're going to try to make this uh, short and to the point uh, so we can have communion together. Um, Luke 17 uh, is a. Um, it's actually it's actually one of those passages I was talking to. Uh, I was talking to my grandparents, uh, I think last week. Um, and I was telling them that uh, the more familiar a passage of scripture is, uh, the more butterflies I get when I have to preach it. Uh, because, because the reality is a lot of these familiar passages of scripture, uh, you've heard them come from a lot of different places, from a lot of different perspectives, and truth be told, probably from a lot of preachers that are a lot more seasoned than I am. So uh, it's hard to preach. Uh, it's oftentimes hard to preach uh, a familiar text in an unfamiliar way. Uh, and I believe that this is uh, this is one of those texts. This is one of those texts that um, I would say in where am I at? Seven, eight, eight years of preaching, I think. Uh, this is my first time touching this text, <laughs> uh, and partly because it is so familiar. Uh, but I believe that that there is a blessing in the simplicity of the text. Okay, now this is this is obviously a miracle of Christ. Christ heals these ten men of leprosy, a disease that we we don't even see uh, in today's time. We, we we don't see leprosy, but leprosy. Uh, was a highly aggressive and highly contagious skin disease. Uh, and so much so that uh, lepers were said to be unclean. Uh, so they would then have to uh, 
uh, uh, leave from their comfort, leave from their family, uh, and and basically just hang out with other lepers uh, because the de- the disease was so contagious uh, that coming in close proximity with someone who doesn't have it would put them uh, in danger. Uh, and as I'm explaining this right now, it often, I mean, it actually kind of sounds familiar to the time that we're in right I mean, since March, we've been told that you need to stay six to eight feet apart because there's something going around that's so contagious that if you're carrying it and you come within six to eight feet of another person, that it's almost a guarantee that they'll that they'll catch it. Uh, so, so that may speak to some relevance in the text, but I need us to really understand um, what's happening. And although this is uh, a miraculous moment in the life of the Messiah where we see him uh, heal 10 lepers. He never, he never touches them. He never, uh, he, he, he doesn't, he doesn't spit on them. He doesn't uh, allow them to touch the hem of his garment. He simply speaks to them. Uh, and the way that they are healed is unlike any other process that we've seen in scripture. All right. So, but, but I believe that there are a couple of things that uh, I believe, like I said, are a blessing in its simplicity um, that I want to raise today. Uh, as we go into this season of Thanksgiving, uh, we'll probably we'll be making room for Thanksgiving uh, all up and through the month of November. So we'll be making room for Thanksgiving because I feel like and we'll get into this here in just a second. I feel like that many of us are very limited in access. We're limited in access uh, in our relationship relationship with God, not because God doesn't have the power, not because God doesn't have the desire, not even because you don't have the faith to ask, but I believe that many of us are missing out on opportunities in our relationship with God simply because we don't have a thank you. I believe that for many of us, a lot more doors would open and a lot more opportunities would be accessible if we were a little bit more grateful uh, I, I believe that this text will show us a couple of things that, that happen uh, when you have a spirit of thanksgiving. First thing I want to bring to your attention uh, is that that we see, I, I've read you the text, uh, so we already know what's happening. This is the whole story. Jesus comes into town. He sees 10 men. The 10 men call his name. Jesus have mercy on us. Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priests." As they went, they were healed. One sees that he's healed, comes back to Thank you. Jesus says, are you the only one that was healed? Where's the other nine? Uh, and he says, your faith has made you well. That's that's the beginning and the end of the story. The in the 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 intermediate part, the, the median, the middle of the story is this. We see that there is one man out of 10 who shows gratefulness. There's one man out of 10. All right. The first thing, the first thing that we see is that this particular man, I believe, is thankful for being heard. He's thankful for being hurt. This is the first thing you need to do as you make room for Thanksgiving is to say, thank you, God, for hearing me. Thank you for hearing me. See, the reason why Thanksgiving lacks in a lot of our lives is because we take certain things for granted. Okay. 
ungratefulness, ungratefulness comes from taking things for granted. You you think that you're owed something or because God has done it so often and so consistently and so well that your expectation is that it's automatic. But the reality is, is that we need to have a spirit of thanksgiving. The first thing that we should be doing is thanking God for hearing us. Look at verses 11, 12, and 13. It says, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And as he was going into the village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Here we go. All right, here it is. The Bible says that Jesus, Jesus is on his way to the city, but he is currently in a space. Uh, he's in a middle space. He's in between the border of Samaria and Galilee. This is where he sees these men. So Jesus is not in Samaria. He's not in Galilee. He's in the space between the borders of the two. And so these men, these 10 men are gathered in this in-between space. Why? Because they, they uh, are, are so uh, sick, they're so ill, they're so contagious that they can't be allowed in the city. They have to remain on the outskirts of the city. Uh, they're not allowed in either space. They're not welcome on either side. It, that is, uh, uh, and, and the truth of the matter is many of us can relate. Many of us, many of us have found ourselves in spaces where we were in certain transitions in life where, where, where we feel like I, I ain't been doing this long enough to sit with the veterans, but, but I've been doing it too long to be with the rookies. That, sometimes we come in transitions in life where, where we feel like, where we feel like uh, uh, I, I'm not rich or wealthy just yet, but but I'm, I can't afford to be around people with a broke mentality. I, I'm, I'm kind of in this in-between stage. I'm in this in-between stage where I realize that I'm not perfect, so I got to let go of some people. But I, I, I sometimes honestly feel like I'm not good enough to be in the to be in the presence of other people. There's some times where we find ourselves in this in-between stage where, 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 where I feel like, where I feel like I'm, I'm too smart for where I've been, but, but, but I don't feel like I have enough to figure out where I'm supposed to go next. There's some, there's some in-between spaces that we might find ourselves in life. And these men are in this in-between space because, because here's the thing, this is what you got to understand. In Galilee, there were a lot of Jews in Galilee. They, they, they function in traditional Judaism. They, they function in that way. But in Samaria, in Samaria, those were uh, were the low class. That's where the low class society lived because that's where uh, the Jews were having babies with people uh, that were not Jews. And so they were considered half breeds, mutts. And the Bible even says that they were considered dogs. So nobody really wanted to deal with the Samaritans, but the, even the Samaritans didn't want to deal with the lepers. The lepers are in a space where even though I might have been born a Jew because of my condition, I'm not welcome there. And even the people who are considered low in society, he don't want to have anything to do with me. Uh, so now I'm in this in-between space. And so what you have to understand is these lepers being in this in-between space is significant because the, 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 the Bible teaches us that, that, uh, that conditions are not limited 
to certain spaces. They're not, they're not confined to certain spaces. And so uh, it's likely, it's likely that in this, in this in-between space, uh, that th- this in-between space is likely that out of these 10 lepers that some of them were and, and some of them were Samaritans. It, it's likely that not all 10 were all Jews. It's not, it, it's not likely that all 10 were all Samaritans. It's, it's very likely that in this in-between space that some of these lepers were Samaritans and some of these lepers are Jews. Pastor, why is that important? Because what you have to understand is sometimes it's our, uh, it, it, it's our conditions, it's our sickness, it's our lack, it's our struggle that oftentimes brings us together. That that there are some people that you wouldn't have met unless you went through a struggle. There are some relationships that you would not have been able to develop unless you went through a struggle. There's some appreciation that you wouldn't have, but but it's only because you went through a struggle. There's there's some blessing in the struggle. And so these men, these 10 lepers, these 10 lepers, they're sticking together. Uh, and the Bible says that they stand afar off. And the reason why they stand afar off, the reason why they're standing at a distance is because even though they see Jesus and they know that Jesus has the power to heal them, they also understand that because they're lepers, they have to keep some sort of distance. All right. All right. Because they're unclean, they have to keep some sort of distance. So they have to call to Jesus from a distance. Here it is. This is this. This is representative of many of us because. No, I take that back. This is representative of all of us because there was a point in time where all of us had to keep distance from Jesus. There was a point in time because uh, you do realize that it is our sin that separates us from the Savior. So there was a point in time you ain't been saved all your life. As a matter of fact, some of y'all. Some of y'all ain't been saved most of your life. There was a point in time where you were separated. You were calling to Jesus from a distance. You you were having to call to him because your sin, you were so sin sick and so sinfully contagious that you couldn't even get close to him. And all you had was a hope that he would hear you. Yeah, the truth of the matter is you couldn't get close enough to touch the hem of his garment. The truth of the matter is you couldn't get close. For him for him to touch your casket the truth of the matter you couldn't get close enough for him to to, to spit in the mud and to to to, to spit in the dirt and make mud to put on you 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 couldn't get that that close you you had to you had to call to him from a distance and so these lepers they called to him from a distance but but you got to understand you got to remember don't miss this the bible says that it's 10 of them and they called to jesus from afar off i told you Sometimes, sometimes it's because of your struggle that you're able to, to develop certain relationships. Sometimes it's because of your, uh, that you're able to find yourself in situations. Uh, sometimes it's because of your struggle. God will allow you to go through a struggle just so you can be in the proper place that, that you got to understand uh, that there is, in fact, blessing in your struggle. You got to understand that the Bible says that there are 10 of these men. There's 10 of these men. uh, And the Bible says that they call to Jesus from afar off. Y'all don't believe me. Uh, Read it for yourself in the scripture. The scripture says they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice. Jesus, master, have pity on us. Here it is. 
You ought to be glad. You ought to be glad that Jesus didn't allow you to struggle by yourself. Somebody ought to have a testimony and you ought to be able to say, God, I thank you for not allowing me to struggle alone. Why? Why, Pastor, should I be glad? Because misery loves company? No, because if if we in it together, we can get out of it together. Here it is. Watch this. Because it's 10 of them and they have to call to Jesus from a distance. The Bible says that they called to Jesus in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Okay, I don't want you to miss this. I don't want you to miss this. If any of those lepers were alone, it's likely that one voice would not have been loud enough for Jesus to be able to hear. But because Jesus made way, because God allowed for them to be able to struggle with a partner. But get this, they didn't struggle with just any partner. They struggled with some partners who were unselfish. All right, Pastor, you making up stuff because the Bible never says that these men were unselfish. I need you to be able to read in between the lines. The Bible says that there's 10 men and they saw Jesus. And from a distance, they yelled to him with a loud voice. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. The Bible says they yelled to him with a loud voice. Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Us. So they said, Jesus, if you're going to heal one of us, we're asking that you would heal all of us. Jesus uh, said, uh, they, they said, Jesus, if you're going to do it, we know that you have the power not just to do it for one, but that you have the power to do it for all. But I'm glad that Jesus allows me when I struggle that I don't have to struggle alone. I'm glad that he's given me one or two people that when I'm crying out with a loud voice, that they're crying out with a loud voice and we can cry out with a loud voice together and say, Jesus, while you're here, uh, let's make your time efficient. If you're going to heal one of us, you might as well heal all of us while you're here. Uh, the Bible says that they all crowd cried out to him with a loud voice. But but I also know that they're unselfish because because the Bible says that they all said the same thing. They, they all said the same thing. The Bible says that they cried out to him, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. They all said the same thing. Nobody says, Jesus, master, have mercy on me. Nope, nobody says Jesus, Jesus, nobody says Jesus, take care of my situation. They say, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And, and I'm so thankful that, that God hears me. I'm so thankful that when I get down on my knees to pray that I know there's some people who are praying for me too. I'm, I'm so glad that God hears me. I, now, listen, I, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that God would struggle to hear if it were just me. No, because I don't believe that. I believe that the Bible says that God knows what we're going to pray for even before we pray. But I'm so glad that somebody can help me to amplify my voice. I'm glad that the Bible says that we can come together and be on one accord and somebody can help me to amplify my voice. <clears throat> Listen, somebody going to have to help me amplify right now. Thank you. Thank you. We all right, I promise I ain't got the Rona. We all right. We all right, just little allergies. But 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 we should be thankful that God hears us. We should be thankful that God hears us. Real quick before we go to the next point, I don't want to take for granted uh, this opportunity. I need to give you just about seven seconds real quick. 
just to open up your mouth and tell God, thank you. Tell him, thank you. Don't ask him for nothing, but just tell him, thank you. Thank you, God, for hearing my voice. God, thank you for not allowing me to struggle alone. God, thank you for allowing me to have some people that will stand with me and pray with me and pray for me. God, I thank you. God, I thank you. Now, real quick, just type it real quick. Don't type nothing else. Just type thank you. Real quick, just type thank you in the comment section. Just tell them, tell them thank you. Tell them thank you. God just might have a Facebook. So go and put it in the comment section. I don't know. He, 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 might, he might be reading statuses. Just go and tell them thank you. We thank you, God, for hearing us. The next thing that we see in the text, the next thing that we see in the text uh, that we should take note of and that we need to imitate is that we not only need to thank God for hearing, but we also need to thank God for responding. Yeah, we also need to thank God for responding. Here's the problem. Here's a problem. A problem is a problem is uh, that we feel like God is obligated to respond to us. Now, I was listening. I was listening to uh, Dr. Darius Daniels. Uh, he's primarily out of the New Jersey area, but he also has uh, a campus in Orlando, Florida. I don't know how he makes that work from Sunday to Sunday, uh, but God bless him. But he he was uh, he was teaching a master class that I was listening to, and he said something that completely blew my mind. He said something that completely blew my mind. This is what he said, and I need y'all to catch this, and I need you to understand. These are not my words, okay, but these are his. I need you to catch it. Here we go. He says, he said, he said, the word of God is only the word of God if it's interpreted correctly. He says, he says, the, the Bible, the Bible is not the word of God if it is not interpreted correctly, correctly, because if we misinterpret scripture, then it transitions from God's word to our word. <clears throat> now, now, here's the problem. Here's the problem. God is only obligated to deliver on what he said and not what you said he said. Okay, all right. So so he says, he says God's word is only God's word if it's interpreted correctly. And he says God is only obligated to deliver on what he said and not what you interpreted his words to me. <clears throat> Why is this important? Because because you need to understand, you need to understand that that the Bible says that God will will hear us. But you got to understand that there is no obligation for him to respond. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, scholars say scholars say that that there is about a 400 year gap between the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi and Matthew, the first book of the New Testament, where God is silent. There's about a 400-year period where God is saying nothing. Now, is God still God because he's not speaking? Absolutely. What, I, I wonder, I don't got no answer, but I wonder what type of human behavior would cause God to be silent for 400 years. 
Could it possibly be because God got tired of us twisting his word into our word and then trying to hold him accountable for what we said he said, but he really didn't say? Is, is, is it possible that the reason why God is silent is because he's tired of people not accepting his word for what it is and trying to make his word be what they want it to be? Let me not get too far off track. What I'm trying to get you to understand is not to take for granted the fact that God is responding to you. Because we got the nerve and the audacity to get mad that God has given us an answer that we don't like. When in all actuality, we should just be thanking him for his response. All right. Thank, Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for responding. Watch this. Verse 14, 15, and 16, watch this. It says, when he saw them, when Jesus saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them went, one of them, uh, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a a Samaritan. Here it is. Watch this. So the Bible says that these 10 men, we're going to wrap this up. The Bible says that these 10 men call out to Jesus together. They yell to Jesus, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. Then the Bible says, when Jesus saw them. Pause, rewind. 10 men yell out in a loud voice, all in unison, all on one accord, as loud as they can. Jesus, master. Have mercy on us. Then the Bible says that when Jesus saw them. Okay. So so what I'm wondering is, what I'm wondering is, could could it be? Now, thank you, Holy Ghost. Here it is. First of all, these 10 men are calling to Jesus from a distance. They're calling to Jesus from a distance, but the Bible says that Jesus's response comes when he saw them. Okay. Saul stood out to him more than what he heard. Watch this. Watch this. Because, because remember I told you, remember I told you that anybody can praise. Anybody can ask. You can, the Bible says, the Bible says, Uh, Jesus said, if you don't praise me, I'll make the rocks praise me. Anybody and anything can praise. So could it be that what Jesus saw from these men was more important to him than what he heard from them? Listen, take with this and do what you want to do with it. But many of our issues are we do church very well because we know what to say, but God is looking at what we do. All right. Y'all miss Bible study on Wednesday. I told you, even in your prayer life, there's a proper posture for prayer. Your posture is about what you do, not what you say. So is it possible that what you're doing is more important than what you're saying? Here it is. Make room for Thanksgiving. Make room for the thank you. Watch this. Don't tell God thank you. Show him thank you. All right. Okay. Y'all don't like that. Okay. Here it is. Jesus says when, when Jesus saw them, he, he ain't even worried about, he ain't even worried about what they said. He's looking at their posture. When Jesus saw them, he says, 
Go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus, I got a problem because I know you're looking at what they're doing, but did you at least hear what they said? They said that they have leprosy. They said that they were in need of a healing. And Jesus, your response to what they're doing is go and show yourself to the priest. Jesus, how am I going to show myself to the priest? I'm not welcome in the city because I have leprosy. How, how can I go and show myself to the priest? I'm not allowed in the city gates because I'm a leper. How 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 am I going to go and show myself to the priest? Jesus says, uh, uh, in response to what I've seen, my response is go and show yourself to the priest. My response is to break the sociological norms. My, my response to what I see is to give you instruction. And I want to know, will you trust my word over the word of man? Okay. He says, go and show yourself to the priest. He says, I know I, I didn't uh, the, the, leper, the lepers. I'm sure I'm sure they're wondering, Jesus, are you just are, are you just going to ignore? Are you just going to ignore the fact that we need to be healed? J Jesus, are you going are, are you going to even acknowledge the fact that we need to be healed? Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. Get this. He sends them before he heals them. He sends them before he sends them before he heals them. Here it is. And then the Bible says the Bible says that, that he sent them to the priest. They've not been healed yet. So he sends them with a purpose before they're qualified. We're not froze. I just need you to I just need you to 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 get that. He sends them. He sends them with purpose before they're qualified. And then the Bible says that they were healed as they went. So he sends them with a purpose and he says, I'll qualify you on the way. All right. All right. Here, here's why we ought to be thankful for the response. This is why we ought to be thankful for the response, because the Bible says that Jesus gives a response and they were healed as they went. Here's why we need to be thankful for the response. I told y'all this before. Y'all should already know where I'm going. Once God says it, it's already done. And all you got to do is catch up to it. So if he gives me a response, then I can count on that response. So they, they don't have to worry about when the healing is going to come. They can be secure in the fact that the healing will come because Jesus says, I'll qualify you on the way. So the Bible says that they're healed as they went. So here's a note before we go to the last and final point. I need somebody to understand this. I need somebody to grasp it and hold on to it. Hold on tight and put it into good use. Watch this. Your blessing is tied to your obedience. Your blessing is tied to your obedience. Scripture tells us that obedience is even better than your sacrifice. Your obedience is even better than your sacrifice. Your blessing, your blessing, your, your open door, your breakthrough, your healing, your deliverance. All of that is tied to, to your obedience. So, so here we go. Here we go. Jesus says, Jesus says, I need to know that you're going to be obedient to me and I'll heal you on the way there. Here's what you got to understand. This is this is what you got to understand. Your obedience, your, your blessing is tied to your obedience because Jesus says, go and show yourself to the priest. If they never go on the journey, they never get the healing because the Bible says they were healed as they went. So if they never go, they never get what they want. 
And too many of us are waiting for God to give us what we want and then we'll go when God says, if you just go, I'll give it to you on the way. All right. So, so, so we need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. We, we even need to be thankful for the journey. Because sometimes God doesn't, sometimes the way God responds to us sends us on a journey. So we even need to be thankful for the journey. We need to be thankful that he hears us. We need to be thankful that he responds to us. And we need to th be thankful for whatever response we get. Just a simple thank you. Just a simple thank you. Last but not least, we're going to wrap this thing up. You got you to gotta first be thankful um, for him hearing you. Then you need to be thankful for him responding to you. And then you need to be thankful for him restoring you. And we thank you for your hearing. We thank you for your responding. And now, God, we thank you for your restoring. All right. I hope this is helping somebody. Look at verses 17, 18, and 19 real quick. 17, 18, and 19, it says, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Watch this. Jesus says, Jesus says, verse 17, we're not all ten cleansed. Why only one of y'all came back to say thank you? I says, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind because, because God is so God that, that we just begin to get comfortable with his godliness. But the reality is, the reality is Jesus cares about our thank you. The text proves that Jesus cares about other, no, no, ain't no, God knows my heart. No, we're not doing that. G Jesus wants you to open your mouth and to say thank you. And then Jesus wants you to show thank you. Because the man could have very well said thank you on his way. But the Bible says that he comes back, lays at the feet of Jesus, and he not only says thank you, but he shows thank you. Jesus cares about our thank you. Jesus says, Jesus says, wait a minute, I know what I did for 10 of y'all. Why do I only see one of you? I, 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 I did. I did. It was 10 of y'all who asked. There were 10 of y'all who received. And only one of y'all saying thank you. I, I, I got a problem. He says, I got a problem. He says, I got a problem. And then he says, and the one who said thank you is a foreigner. The one who said thank you is the Samaritan. The one who says thank you, remember Jesus is a Jew. The one who says thank you, the one who says thank you is not even a, 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 a relative of mine. The one who says thank you is the one who knows the least about me. The one who's the most grateful. I'm, I'm talking about the Samaritan man. I'm not even talking about y'all. The one who's the most grateful is, is the one who has the least amount of experience with me. The one, the one who has who has the the, the, the right posture is, is the one who, who knows me the least. 
And so and so the reality is many of us need to take a, a moment to rewind and reset and to find ourselves back at the moment where we first met Jesus because we don't got a little bit too comfortable with the Savior. We don't got a, a, a little bit too familiar with the Messiah. We, 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 we found ourselves in a space where because we've been with him for a while that now we, we got some ungratefulness going on and it's not. It's not uh, it's not that we don't want it. It's, it's the fact that we've just gotten so used to him being so good that we don't have that same level of appreciation. But we need to get back to how we were when we first met him. We need to be thankful for his restoration. We need to be thankful because he cares about our thank you. He says he says uh, he says there were 10 of you. But now I only see one giving thanks. And the one that's giving thanks is a foreigner. And then Jesus does something very interesting that I had to question God about not not because because I didn't agree with it, but simply because I didn't understand it. The Bible says that they were healed as they went. He comes back and gives God thanks. And then the Bible says that Jesus says, your faith has made you well. So I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit confused. I'm a little bit confused. I'm a, I'm a little bit confused. Why? Because the man has already been healed. And after he's been healed, Jesus says, okay, get up now. Your faith has made you well. And, and the reason why I'm confused is because it would have made sense if Jesus would have said that right after they called out to him from a distance. It, it would have made sense for Jesus to say that as they were walking on their way to the priest. But the Bible says that Jesus gives this reply after the man has already been healed. So what I'm trying to figure out is what, what was made well that wasn't already made well. What I'm what I'm trying to figure out is G Jesus, why after he says thank you, why is it then that his faith has made him well? I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit says, uh, the Holy Spirit says, uh, the, the, the reason why Jesus does it this way is because is because when Jesus healed their bodies, all he healed was their bodies. But this 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 is a Samaritan man who has no relationship with the Messiah. So when the man comes back to tell Jesus, thank you, he not only gets a physical healing, but he then gets a spiritual healing. So when Jesus says your faith has made you well, Jesus had already healed his body. And now Jesus says, now I'm going to heal your heart. Now I'm going to bring you into relationship with me. Why is this important? Because you got to understand that many of us are mistaken because we think we're in relationship because we've received a blessing or two. But the question is, has God healed your heart? So the man, the man comes back. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Uh, and he's already gotten a physical healing. So then Jesus gives him a spiritual healing. Here's the last thing I'm going to tell you. And then we're going to get ready to get out of here. This is why it's so important to tell God, thank you. This is why it's so important to have a heart and a spirit of thankfulness. It's because when you're thankful for what you have, when you're thankful for what you've got, when you're thankful for what God has already done, he'll often times give you more than what you ask for yeah a, a, a lot of times see y'all be missing y'all be missing bible study i told you i told you that if you pray for if you pray for what you need that god will give you what you want 
because God understands what you need. And if you pray for what you need, he'll give you what you want, because when you pray for what you need, then he'll change your desires to his desires. And so if you want what he wants for you, you'll always get what you want. So as long as you have a spirit of thankfulness, as long as you have a spirit of gratefulness, anytime you ask for one thing or most times when you ask for one thing, God will oftentimes give you more than what you bargained for. Why? Because of a simple thank you. So the man would have gone just like the other nine. He would have gone and been real excited about this physical healing only to be uh, only to be on his way to hell. But what good is it for a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? What good is it for Jesus to have healed his body only for his soul? To be condemned to hell. He, he, he asked for a physical healing, but because he went back to say thank you, he got more than what he could bargain for. So now, even if the sickness comes back, it don't even matter because my, my, my soul has been saved. E even if the depression comes back, it doesn't matter because my mind is, is fixed on the things uh, of the kingdom. E even, if, even if the doubt comes back, it doesn't matter because, because my heart is, is, is for the spirit of God. My, I, I ask for one thing, but because of a simple thank you, I got more than what I bargained for. Many of us. Many of us need to take a moment and just give God a simple thank you. Because the reality is, here it is, you don't even know half the stuff he saved you from. Addiction running your family and it just happened to skip you? Cancer running your family and it just happened to skip you? Mental illness, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, all that running your family and it just happened to skip you? Everybody in your family broke and, and, and you got a little bit of something to say to this account. It just happened to skip you? You, you, you don't need no all the stuff God has saved you from. You, you don't even know that that's why it's important. That's why the Bible says even with 10,000 tongues, I couldn't thank you enough. Why? Because you saving me from stuff I didn't even know I needed to be saved from. I, I, I know it was stressful. I know it was stressful because you was running late trying to get out the house and trying to get there on time. But just tell God thank you because had you left on time, it would have been you in the accident you passed on the way there. surprised what a simple thank you can get you through just just a simple thank you you'd be surprised you'd be surprised what a thank you watch this when Jesus got ready to feed the, the 5,000 the Bible says that he he took the bread he took the fish he, he lifted it he blessed it he broke it but he gave thanks for it fish five loaves he gave thanks for it and was able to feed thousands why because of a simple thank you you'd be surprised what a thank you can do you'd be surprised 
God give you one portion, you tell him thank you, he might give you some seconds. You tell him thank you for the peace, he might go ahead and give you a little piece of joy too. Just a simple thank you. Just a simple thank you. Just a simple thank you. Let's tell him thank you now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for hearing us. We thank you for responding to us. And we thank you for restoring us. Now we thank you because you do all things well. We thank you that you can do all things but fail. We thank you that even when we don't know what to pray for, that you've given us a spirit to interpret for us. God, we thank you for the moments that we took for granted. We thank you for the ways you've made. We thank you for the doors you've opened. God, we thank you for the doors that you've closed. to give you a simple thank you God I'm thanking you right now that somebody might be listening to me that now after hearing this message understands that they're only here because of you and that they understand that they need to be in relationship with you I thank you for that soul right now and God, I'm thanking and believing you that they will be obedient and say, what must I do to be saved? God, I'm thanking you right now for the person that's listening to me that says, God, I gave my life to you, but I've not been living for you. And I need to rededicate some areas in my life. And I'm thanking you for them right now. God, I'm thanking you for anybody who's listening to me right now that says, you know what? I'm, I'm done playing. Today is the day I make it official. Today is the day that I join the Abundant Faith family. God, I'm thanking you for them today right now. God, I'm thanking you for what you've done in our time together. And I'm thanking you for what's going to happen because of it. God, not only do we give you thanks, but we give you glory, we give you honor, and we give you praise. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus that we say amen. So this is what I want you to do real quick. Real quick. I need you to, um, if you're hearing me right now, and you say, you know what, today is the day I'm going to make the best, the best decision of my life today. I'm giving my life to Jesus Christ. I want you to text the number on your screen. Just text the number, one word, text SALVATION to 317-520-1892. Text one word, SALVATION, one word, SALVATION to 317-520-1892. And we'll walk you through. You don't got to do much, but we'll walk you through. Now, if you're listening to me right now, you say, you know what? Today's the day we're going to make it official. I'm going to be a part of the family. I want you to text one word family to the number on your screen. 317-520-1892. Text the word family. We'll get you connected. We'll make it official. 
Listen, th th this week is the perfect week to do it. Come this Saturday, we're doing a new members class this Saturday. So you'll be right on track, right on par. Uh, you text one worse, uh, family, we'll get you registered for the new members class. You ain't got to come to the church. We'll send you the Zoom link and we'll get you taken care of. This is the perfect week. It's the perfect week to do it. One word, family, just text that word. Now, if you're listening and you're already a part of the Abundant Faith family, you ought to be praying because I believe that God is is doing something and I believe that God is, is bringing people to the fold that need to be a part of this family so y'all need to be praying y'all need to be praying y'all need to be praying okay now now if you're if you've already been connected or you have a church home and you just visiting with us today that's perfectly fine but if you want us to pray with you and pray for you I need you to send your prayer request to the number on your screen 317-520-1892 our prayer team is ready and waiting for you okay we're ready and waiting for you all right that's all you gotta do with your prayer request if you want to remain anonymous that's perfectly fine that's perfectly fine all right but we want to make sure that you understand that we're here with you and here for you all right simple thank you all right now y'all uh let's get ready to go into our communion service Let's get ready to go into our communion service. I want to um, I want to say this. I want to say this. Uh, now you have a communion at home. You have a communion at home. And uh, we don't know uh, who's doing what and who's doing what where. Uh, but these are uh, uh, the general rules of abundant faith. We have what's called an open communion, which simply means uh, that you don't have to be a member of our church to have communion with us. So you don't got to log off. You don't got to. It, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, you, you don't have to be a member. We, we're open. All we say is that you need to have a saving relationship with Jesus Christ. Communion is for uh, saved people. All right. <laughs> all right. Now, uh, I want to read this to you real quick. Just some simple instruction that the Apostle Paul gave us regarding uh, communion. Reads this way, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, beginning at verse 23 says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself so that uh, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner and eats, uh, eats and drinks judgment to himself for not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. And for my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I'll set in order when I come. Listen, we want to take heed to these instructions. 
And I want to give everybody a moment to examine themselves. Okay? To examine themselves. Just take a moment and ask God for any forgiveness that's needed. Take a moment for any repentance. And get this, I don't want us to miss this. Ask God to clear your heart and your mind of all distractions. So that you can focus on the intimacy of this moment. I want you to take whatever you have, whatever you have. Uh, you got a little piece of toast, you got a little corner, little corner of that pancake left, whatever you have. Uh, I want you to take it right now. I told you it doesn't matter what you use. What matters is what it represents. So whatever you have that represents the body of Christ, we want to pray over it and we want to thank God for it right now. God, we thank you for this bread that represents the body of Christ that was beaten and bruised for our sin. We thank you for the body of Christ that was hung on Calvary's cross, becoming sin for us, being our sacrifice because we weren't worthy and able to do it for ourselves. We ask that as we as we commune in this moment that you bring back to our memory the sacrifice that was made on Calvary and we give you a simple thank you for it even now we thank you we thank you we thank you in Jesus name and it's in that name we say amen you may eat I want you to take your cup Whatever it is that you have, grape juice, apple juice, orange juice, coffee, Pepsi, whatever it is you have. And let's not thank God for the substance, but we thank him for what it represents. God, we thank you for this cup right now that represents the blood of Jesus, the blood that was shed on Calvary's cross, the blood that flows from eternity past all the way through eternity in the future. God, we thank you. We thank you for this blood that drew, that drew us back to you. But we understand that without the shedding of blood, there would be no remission of sin. So we thank you for this blood, this red blood that covered our black souls and made us white as snow. God, we thank you. And we thank you for this moment in Jesus' name. And it's in that name we say, amen. You may drink. Amen. I'm going to tell God, thank you for the communion. We thank him for the communion. He says, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of the sacrifice that was made for you. And the song says, one day when I was lost, you died up on the cross. And it was the blood. I know it was the blood for me. Amen. Listen. We're going to get ready to get out of here. I hope and pray that you were blessed by today's worship encounter. I hope and pray that you were blessed by today's word. And I hope and pray that it would change your perspective. 
and put Thanksgiving at the forefront of your mind and not an afterthought. All right. Just remember. What did you say? Oh, just remember, uh, if you have missed, if you came in late, you missed your opportunity to give. Uh, it's never too late. Uh, here's the beauty. Here's the beauty of the electronic giving. You can do it 24-7 whenever you feel like it. Uh, but if you want to do it right now, you can do so. Information is on your screen. Cash app, dollar sign, Abundant Faith Church. Uh, and we'll thank you uh, for partnering with us. Uh, we also want to uh, also make you aware uh, to, to stay tuned with the Abundant Faith page. We'll be making announcements, I believe, uh, that the women's ministry is meeting this Saturday. Okay. They're meeting this Saturday. Uh, they, they're going to be uh, painting and all kind of stuff, all kind of stuff going on. And so uh, 